Open the door and step inside to a world of practical magic, where we blend the mystical and mundane worlds of the everyday witch. Presented by Wise Woman Witchery and hosted by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Welcome to The Witch Next Door. I'm Emily, and this week I have another treat for you. Listen in. All right, so we're continuing our ghost spirit encounter stories during spooky season. That was a really good intro. Um, And I'm here with Christine Michelle, who's going to share a couple stories with us. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me back. Yeah. Always great to share spooky stories. I know. I know. So I, you got a couple, it sounds like. Yeah, well, I'll give you one first, and then you can see if you want the second one. Pick and choose. We'll pick, pick and, and choose. choose. Pick and choose, Stephen. Um, so the first spooky story is about a, it's the Cave Creek Chateau in Oregon. Okay. I don't know if anyone's ever been there. It's a really beautiful place. My husband and I in 2017 were on our first year wedding anniversary. We took a week off mm-hmm. and we traveled up Highway 1 in California and went over, um, kind of upper mid uh at the top of california and then up to the southern area of oregon and we were on our way to crater lake that was our destination but we stopped at a place called cape creek junction to do laundry and like kind of figure out like where do we want to go next and where do we want to stay tonight and all that kind of stuff um and there was this he had looked at this place called cape creek where there was a chateau that had been built in 1930s by these, I don't know, you know, probably white men who were (laughs) taking over the land. They found a cave essentially. And they're like, let's build this huge wooden chateau that's six stories. And it was positioned over the creek. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was huge and amazing and incredible. And so I was like, sure, let's go check this place out. So you drive, the thing about Cave Creek is that it doesn't, it's not a through highway. You kind of have to drive in and then you have to drive out. So that's a little weird thing about it. One road in, one road out, that's it. Yeah. The same road in, same road out. And I was all, that's a little spooky and weird. Okay. (laughs) Let's do that. So we get there and it's like over these hills and down into this kind of valley where you see this monstrosity of a chateau, which is the hotel. So we pull up alongside there and we go in and we're like, yeah, we're looking for a place to stay tonight. She, you know, and she's like, oh, well, I just happen to have, you know, the suite at the top left, you know, uh-huh. of course. And my husband's looking at me like, of course, it's the most expensive room. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the one you have left. Okay. And I'm just looking at him like, please, can we stay here, please? <laughs> it's just so cool, right? It's like this huge thing with like a really grand front room and a piano and like all kinds of art deco stuff and it's wooden like everything's wooden it has these little runner like um, metal runners around every single story so that they can actually clean it oh it was really really cool they designed and has a grotto and a diner and all this it was just a really amazing place so he's like sure we can stay there fine okay (laughs) and so she hands me two keys to the upper floor and she's like it's two rooms. I'm like, okay, that's weird, whatever. So we go up and we get in this room and I'm like, oh, 
it's gonna be I just like I'm like oh this is weird it feels weird my stomach I don't know so I'm like okay let's just go do some stuff right so we go we check out the cave we have we check out the diner we check out the grotto we're like hiking around it's just gorgeous the trees are changing color it's like absolutely stunning place and at night I know it's going to be like absolutely pitch black because there's nothing else around. Like you basically drive out to this little canyon island mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere and there's caves and I'm like, okay, fine. So we have dinner and I'm like, I'm definitely having a glass of wine with dinner because I want to sleep uh-huh. because I know I'm not going to like, it just had this feeling. Um, so we go after dinner, we go back upstairs, you know, we're kind of falling asleep or whatever. It's like, I don't know, midnight. And the room is really interesting. So when you walk in that room, it's a suite. So it has like an attached room to the side of it. So there's a doorway, there's a doorway to your left when you walk in the room. And then there's like a doorway to that room if you turn farther left. There's like three doorways right near each other. And the main part of the bedroom looks out over these like beautiful windows that look out over the creek uh-huh. because the chateau is like straddling this creek and this went these windows because it's the suite upstairs right like they look out over that whole scene it's just incredible and there's this cool bathroom that's like 1930s style with like the little um you know coin tile oh yeah and the clawfoot tub and like I'm just in I'm like in heaven I'm like this place is so cute oh my god Um, But the room next to it is weird. It's just weird. It's like a a triangle shape that leads to like a closet bathroom with like a pole light. And it has like a single bed in there. And it's just weird. I'm like, why is this? Why does this even need to be? I was going to say what was in there. So it was was like an additional bedroom. Additional bedroom for like, to me, it felt like an additional bedroom for like a kid. Right. Who would be totally creeped out being in there. Right. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Totally creeped out being in there. And I was creeped out being in there. I was like, this place is so weird. And so I'm trying, you know, I'm falling asleep. Finally, I fall asleep. And I think about two o'clock in the morning or something, I wake up and I am flaming hot from head to toe. Like I'm on fire. And I'm like, what the hell? And I look over, like I have moved also on the other side of my husband somehow in the middle of the night like I fell asleep near the door but then I had moved over him behind him to put him between me and the doorway but you didn't know you did that I didn't know I did that and so now I'm on fire it's like early in the morning and I look over and totally cliche there's this lady in white in a white gown you know like a nightgown just staring at me on the other side of the bed She's in the doorway that's looking at the bed. Oh. And she's just like looking at me. And I'm like, oh, here we go. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm on vacation and I just really wanted to sleep. And of course, of course, I the ghosts are like, oh, look, she's here. Let's go talk to her. Because that's what always happens. So I'm looking back at her and I'm like, okay. I know you see me. I see you. I know you have a story to tell me. I know you're suffering. I could tell that she had like an anguish that was like depression 
anger and like intensity to her. Uh-huh. And I'm like, oh, okay. And you know, I know from experience, just ghosts want to be heard, witnessed, uh-huh. seen. That's what they're looking for. Just like humans, they want us to see their story. Um, so I was like, okay. And I'm Claire, like, I don't know what you call it. I they show me their they show me what's happened through their pictures. Like Isn't a video. That clairvoyant because I you're that, seeing the vision. Yes. There you go. And sometimes I hear stuff, but not from them. It's usually from my guides. And then I'm Claire cognizant because then I, I just know suddenly uh-huh. like they show me and then I just know. So I was like, okay, you know, show me, show me what happened. And so she like kind of flickers for a moment and then she disappears and then she walks again from that other room like towards the bed and then she turns like I guess to her left and walks along the bedroom wall and then climbs up on something that is not there anymore and jumps out like walks out the window and I'm like oh okay that's what happened and she did that like a couple like she showed me that a couple times and then um yeah I was like okay and and then she like left and you could tell when like a ghost leaves the energy is just different like I was no longer hot yeah the room was fine um my husband was like kind of I could hear him like breathing again like I became aware of the sounds in the room I was like okay so and he slept through that whole thing. He did. I he he said that he so he feels ghosts and spirits too. Uh huh. And he he's really he's like even more, um, you know, picks up on more than I do. But he shuts it down because he picks up on a, a lot of negative things come to him because mm-hmm. they want to be seen and heard. Like he's he's he sees a lot of stuff. So he told me in the morning. He's like, oh yeah, I I. I knew, like, I knew, like, he had Claire cognizant of her, but he didn't see her like I did. Right. So we kind of shared stories, and it was like, yeah, this woman was in here. She was depressed. She was angry. She was intense. She was staring at him, too. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, I guess in the morning, too, I found the guest book of the room (laughs) that I hadn't seen before, and it had red rum written on the top of it. And I was like, oh, I was like, okay, so what is up with this room, right? Like somebody's stayed here before. Like there's some history. I was telling my husband, I'm like, I can't wait to do research on this and figure out like what was here because other people have stayed here and they uh-huh. felt it. So, and you know, my husband's like, don't say anything. Cause he knows like when I go to hotels and I've seen stuff, I'll sort of like put some little feelers out for like, Hey, so well, yeah. You know, and I've gotten like full tours in San Francisco and all kinds of stuff because people are like, oh, you're one of those. You see ghosts like come tell us what you see down here. Um, and this place actually had a boiler room, an actual boiler room. Oh, because it had those furnaces, those um, uh, radiators. radiators in your room that you had to turn yeah. on and you could hear it clanking like uh-huh. in the walls and stuff. It was so old. It was so cool. So I go down in the morning, I take the keys downstairs. Um, and I think, I think he was with me at that time or he was going to go get the car or something, but I took the keys back to the front desk and the lady, she'd had a lot of coffee. She was all zippy. She was like, Oh, hi. And then she took the keys from her. She goes, Oh, you stayed in that room. And I was like, 
yeah. She's like, how was it? I'm, and I, you know, I knew that my husband wanted to get out of there. So I was like, oh, that's fine. She goes, oh, did you meet Elizabeth? Oh. And I was like, actually, I think I did. Uh-huh. I was all, what can you tell me about Elizabeth? And she was like, well, what can you tell me about Elizabeth? <laughs> I was like, well, I can tell you that she jumped out the window. And she's like, oh, yeah, that sounds like her. Yep, that sounds like Elizabeth. And I was like, well, what's the story? And she's like, well, the story is is basically that she and her husband were here on their honeymoon night and he cheated on her. And so she jumped out the window. Oh. But that story, as far as I can tell, is not documented anywhere. But many guests have experienced the same ghost with the same story. So do you think it's a real ghost or an egregore? I don't. I think she was real for sure. I mean, she was, she was, there was an actual person that stayed there named Elizabeth who had that upper suite, but she didn't pass away that way. Interesting. Did she pass away in the hotel? That I couldn't find out. That I couldn't find out. There's no record of anybody dying there, which can't be true because these people built a six story, like, wood building in the 1930s somebody had to get hurt or die or something right you know I mean chances are but I don't know I couldn't corroborate that one hotels are such a liminal space mm-hmm. that you know I, I feel like they are portals to yes you know there is there is energy left over and yeah. I have had weird experiences in hotels that were more like echoes Mm-hmm. Of like I could really feel what things that happened in those rooms but weren't yes. necessarily like the actual ghosts yeah that's true that's a good point because there's so many people coming and going mm-hmm. and they do like somebody could have brought yeah. that there or the other thing I couldn't figure out was what was the land before it was this uh-huh and it was next to a cave I mean I don't know anything about cave energy that was the first cave I've ever been in but it certainly collects and traps and keeps Yes. Things. And it was very, very close. Like the entrances were only, I don't know, 20 second walk away, you know? Yeah. Yep. So it was an interesting space. I would, I would go back there for sure. Cause it was so beautiful and cute. I don't know if I'd want to stay in that suite again. Yeah. Apparently there's two haunted there. There's like one upstairs and, and that suite upstairs and then one downstairs. Well, again, hotels. Yeah. All kinds of stuff happens in hotels. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it could have been um, that they didn't record the death. I don't know why they wouldn't do that, but um, that somebody staying there did have. Well, 1930s records yeah. get lost. They you know, did. they did not have the interwebs at that time. Interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> but they did have like assessor recorders. I mean, I don't know what it's like in, in Oregon, but I know in California, like there's a Cesar recorder's office in our county where everything's recorded, deaths and births and, you know, all that right. kind of stuff. I wonder so. if it would be different if they died not in the place that they're from and it was recorded in the place right. that they're from versus the place that it happened. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I'm just speculating. Also in her case, you know, it that she died by suicide is a very sad uh-huh. thing, but also they might not have documented that or wanted that kind of publicity. So they might've hit it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But again, we just don't know. 
we will never know but i know elizabeth paid you a visit she sure did and you know if i if i really wanted to i could have gotten up and like followed her and you know really talked to her but i just i try not to do that stuff so much these days because it really does draw more things and i'm actually not you know as psychic as i am i haven't really pursued that to the point where i could actually help people like go to the light Mm -hmm. And so I tend to not mess with it too much because I don't want to open something and then not be able to help, like really help someone. I know that witnessing and seeing them helps them to some extent, but, but really what would be helpful is to, to, you know, propose like, Hey, do you, do you want help moving on? That would be the real helpful thing to be able to do. I think I would be more prepared to do that these days, but not so much in the past. It's hard. It's hard work. It is hard work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you said you have a lot more. So I have another one from 2005. This one's way more intense and involved and definitely also, interestingly enough, the living person died by suicide. Mm -hmm. So um, my parents bought a timeshare in Arizona in 2005. Okay. Um, I don't know why. But they were just like, where we bought this big, we bought a piece of big fucking house on a golf course in Arizona. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So they drive out to Arizona after they purchased it and they slept on the floor of like the downstairs bedroom the first night. My mom calls me the next day and she's like, Christine, I couldn't sleep. Somebody was staring at me all night. There's something in this house. I'm like, oh no, mom, you bought a house of the perps. <laughs> like, what? Uh, okay. So they came home, and or I guess what happened with my dad? I don't know. He, there's like six people in this timeshare, and I think they knew each other. And my dad was like, okay, so what I'm going to do is like, I'll hook up all the stereo equipment, and like, um, he's really good at like building stuff and, and hiding wires and, you know, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Well, my mom was like, your father's at his wits end because all the elect- all the electrical things in this house are going bananas. The alarms are going off at two in the morning. The pool heater keeps spritzing and all of his electrical work that he's done on the stereo, it like won't, he's like, it won't go, it won't relay to the place that he's trying to make a relay or whatever. I don't know. It's dad talk. And I'm like, okay. So my dad's like, at that time he's like can you help us with our ghost issue so that this like the my stereo can work (laughs) sure dad (laughs) (laughs) this this was the story though that made him a believer so um they come home and they're you know my mom's going out six months later she's like can I fly you out with me will you stay there with me will you tell me what's going on now, do they know the people, the other people who have the timeshare, or is this like they're kind of independent of them? I think they know, or they've they've had enough conversation so that my dad was like doing this work to the house, okay. right? But I don't know. I actually don't know that they knew them, okay. and they certainly nobody disclosed right. what happened previously in this house, so nobody nobody knew what they had purchased really. Um, but I guess that was part of the deal that like some people were buying furniture. My dad was doing this. They were, you know, they were working together to make it a thing. Mm -hmm. They were doing their thing and they were, I think going to rent out partially or be there. I guess everybody got like a month or two. 
at their timeshare if there are six people. Yeah, that's something like that. So, so I fly out with my mom a few months later. It's summer. Um, it's so hot. So we spent a lot of time in the house and air conditioning. Um, so we get the rent, you know, fly into the airport, get the rental car, drive to the house. And the minute we pulled up in the driveway, like my stomach, I just wanted to throw up. I was like, um, I don't, I don't want to go in this house. It's making me feel like really, um, nauseous. My stomach's really upset. I feel like hot and flustered and um, like anxious, manic, like I'm just feeling weird all of a sudden. And she's like, okay, well, we got to go in. <laughs> well, I know I'm coming. <laughs> you know, she opens the garage door and we, so we didn't go in through the front door. We went in through the garage door. Um, I can't remember why, but we go in. So the garage door opens up to this like little laundry, you know, you walk into the house through a hallway, there's a laundry room laundry area like to the left and that made me feel even worse <laughs> mm -hmm. and then you turn right and you go down this hallway and it opens up to this like huge house um like the living room there's upstairs downstairs there's a pool there's a golf course there's this huge kitchen and then um more bedrooms upstairs with a hallway that like overlooks all of this stuff so it's kind of open to okay. everything which is important because to the story um I'm like oh I don't know about this house and I sort of find like the safe places to kind of you know how houses have like places that are cool to hang out and I'm like the living room is fine I think I'm just gonna hang out here I might sleep down here tonight you know um and when I go upstairs there's like a room to the left that I think was like a study or something and that room feels like fairly okay but then the end of the hall like the further you go down the end of the hall I'm like I I didn't even go into the master bedroom at all while I was there did Would your mom not. stay in there no we stayed so my mom and I sequestered ourselves in the like study room we uh -huh. even put a towel under the door and we set the alarms like there was an alarm in that room and I was she's like you know we need to get up and go do whatever tomorrow so I was like okay I'm gonna first of all it's not stating the right time so I'm gonna reset the clock and then I set the alarm the thing went off at two o'clock in the morning, oh my just goodness. out of the blue. I was like, okay, there's something here. So we're there. Um, I start to like pick up on this energy of this guy and he's in like a manic kind of mode phase. This is before I really knew what that was, mm -hmm. you know, like paranoid, delusional, manic, bipolar one is what I would now understand that to be right he was very angry very paranoid very upset and so I I started to like pick up on his story and watch him you know see the visions of what he was doing which was he would walk up and down the stairs and then down that hallway that saw like he kind of had access through his voice to the entire house as he paced along the hallway screaming and shouting at his family basically oh. I don't so he wasn't there alone his family lived there with him he had a wife and I think a couple of kids but then they had left and he was alone and then his whole brain he he just like had no grounding and he really you know the the symptoms really took off mm -hmm. at that point I think and he was very upset and angry and yelling 
And um, so, you know, all the the electrical things are still being fritzy. I'm I'm seeing all these visions. My mom is like starting to pick up on stuff. And one night we're like, okay, let's just like go out to dinner and get out of here for a little bit because it's getting a little heavy. And we went to Tommy Bahamas and had like a rum tasting and went shopping and you know bought shoes or something like got got a little lighter right yeah we came back to the house and I'm like I'm gonna go in the pool you know my mom and I are in the pool we're having this great talk we're we're just kind of like loose and you know not really paying much attention and I turn around and I like in the pool I'm sort of swimming around and I like look back into the house towards those stairs and that hallway like you can see everything through these huge glass windows and I see him and he looks at me and the whole pool turns red. Wow. And I was like, oh, got it. Okay. I'm like, mom, I no longer want to swim. I want to get out of the pool and I want to go home. I want to get out of here. I'm done. Like, you know, I felt really bad for him, but I just did not want to be in that space anymore. Like he was t- such a tortured soul. Mm-hmm. So the next day, it's, you know, morning, we've made it through another night. So funny because my mom kept waking me up every time she had to pee to go down the hall. She'd uh-huh. be like, wake me up. She'd be like, go with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we were just so both. So he was such a strong presence in this house. It's um, unnerving. Yeah. It was really hard for us to sleep. And then I was feeling like so sad for him, mm-hmm. you know, because he was clearly tortured and clearly just so um like his energy was driving itself mm-hmm. you know and he couldn't calm he couldn't calm down enough to see any kind of reality or get help or I don't it just was too much so the next day I'm packing stuff my mom's out by the car in the driveway and the neighbor comes over uh-huh to her and says, oh, hey, you bought this house. And my mom's like, yeah, we did. You know, she's all acting all cute and chirpy. And the lady's like, oh, I didn't think anybody would ever buy this house. And my mom's like, why is that? And she's like, oh, because the previous owner killed himself in the driveway. Oh. Which is why they didn't have to disclose it. Because it wasn't inside the house. Right. Oh my gosh. I know. Was it recent to that time yeah. period? Uh, you mean like, was it right before they bought it? Yeah. Yeah, it was really, oh, I think okay. it was on the market for less than a year. I mean, it was a beautiful house. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, on the golf, you know, on the golf course, gorgeous house. So everything, I mean, that's a good question because everything was so fresh, strong and fresh. Like it was, I was getting names, you know, I was seeing him when I saw Elizabeth at Cave Creek you know the chateau I could see through her right she was gold she was glowy Uh when I saw him he was like pretty solid Uh so I think he was still really here yeah and I mean both of those stories are pretty sad stories but those are the kinds of ghosts that want to be seen really they're like, Hey, I had a thing happen and I'm really sad about it. And can you please witness it? And so 
my mom actually we we had been you know both of us worked with a psychic for I don't know decade at that point and we called her to see if she could help clear him uh-huh. which she did she helped oh, work good. with him yeah so we that was you know a situation where I felt pretty good about it because we were able to get him some help right so but I was gonna ask have... do they still own the house no they sold it after they sold their share uh-huh back to the other I think I think they um because of the not because of the disclosure that wasn't disclosed I think there was some like legal discussions and talking to the timeshare people and all of that like I think they revealed it and um they had all that stuff in the meantime my mom worked with our psychic to help clear him and then they sold their share back to these people so I think it became disclosed uh-huh and um I don't know anything about realty law, but I think well, that and they... it's probably different in Arizona than it is here. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. But I think that once you know something like that, you have an obligation for future. But I don't I don't honestly know if they ever had to disclose it again, but it would be less of an, you know, some people don't pick up on that stuff at all. And they're completely fine it's true. living in houses. And I was just really glad that we could help him move on so he didn't stay there in that state he was he was reliving that stuff like right every day he was still too tethered to be able to process it and move on and he was also really mad like there was something that he was mad like he told me one night that he was really mad about the sale of the house itself and that like the settlement and the divorce and the like all of the things that he had built in his life Mm-hmm. had been taken from him and so that that's really what set off his mo- more recent you know episodes too uh-huh. it just boom you know right shot, and then here up. y'all are perfect strangers coming yeah. by the house oh. yeah and my dad's messing with his stereo right. you know doing yeah. all this stuff and all the all, things yeah and so that's that was like the funniest part too of that whole story is that my dad like you know, he thinks his daughter is a little weird, woo-woo. He's like, I don't know about that (laughs) stuff that you do. It's kind of weird and woo-woo, but I was able to help him with that house and then his cancer. Like he got cancer a few years later and I was really able to help in the hospital with the doctors with with, uh, complications related to a surgery that he had. Mm -hmm. So now he's like, can you do some, can you do some of that (laughs) woo-woo stuff on the case? He like do some of that woo woo stuff, and I know that if he goes to buy a property, he's gonna have me do a walkthrough. I know he will. Yeah. Well, you know, once is enough. Yeah, that was a really intense one. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Thanks for coming and sharing these stories with me and us. Everyone. Everyone with everyone. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I was going to add your stories. I have a, a list, another listener who, uh, who I recorded a story from her and I was going to push and put them together, but I think I'm going to let this podcast stand alone. So anyone who's <laughs> listening, you know, here, this one stands alone. <laughs> <laughs> Remember to be nice to ghosts. They were people too. Right. And if they're still lingering, it's probably just because they need some help. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Good message. Yeah. Thanks, Christine. You're welcome. <laughs> If you'd like to support The Witch Next Door, you can do so by clicking the Anchor Support link here in the description. Also, if you'd like to dive a little bit deeper, Wise Woman Witchery does offer a monthly membership group over at wisewomanwitchery.com.
That membership group includes monthly moon rituals, weekly magical chats, an entire library of past meditations, as well as access to special classes and conferences hosted by Wise Woman Witchery. Again, you can learn more about that over at wisewomanwitchery.com. Thanks so much for listening. I can't wait to make magic with you. Thank you for joining us on The Witch Next Door. Join us next week as we explore more ways to make every day more magical. Can't wait? Visit wisewomanwitchery.com or follow Wise Woman Witchery on Facebook and Instagram to stay up to date on all current offerings and be a part of the tribe. All episodes are created by Emily Morrison and Veronica Wade-Lewis. Music written and performed by Jean Cornelius.